So tonight I just want to bring you a brief overview of Matthew 18. It's just a brief overview. Um, and then we're going to bring the Bible reading. Sorry, I'll bring the Bible reading first. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 35. <clears throat> just let me pray. Father, I give you thanks tonight, Lord, that we have been bought with a price by the precious shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we are saved. We thank you, Lord, that we have been redeemed. We've been forgiven, Lord. And Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, that your son reigns and lives. He's alive. And Father, as you pray tonight, Lord, you would take this word tonight. And Lord, help us see the precious need for forgiveness in our lives and in all our circumstances, Lord, to play your grace and your forgiveness, Lord. So, Father, I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Matthew 21, verses... Oh, sorry, Matthew 18, 21 to 35. I will just read the whole chapter. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. When the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison, till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told their Lord what was done. Then this Lord, after that, he called on him, and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgive thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Should not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant? even as I had pity on thee. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to their tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father also do unto you if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. And I just want to give a brief overview of Matthew 18. There's so much in it whenever I started to study it and really started to look into it. We could pull so much out of it. But you really see a real in-depth teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. It should really be, be read through the chapter and we can take bits and pieces out of it. But really we want to understand what Jesus is trying to say to us here. In this teaching we see Jesus giving guidance on his disciples and how they should conduct themselves being part of the kingdom of God. And at the start of the chapter, we see his disciples asking Jesus, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Trying to exalt themselves into positions of power. And what we see here is pride. 
And straight away, the Lord using an illustration of a child to show them that childlike humility is, is, the, is the quality that God is looking for in his kingdom. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18, verses 3 and 4. And said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble themselves as a little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And this is childlike humility, a picture of innocence, being harmless to one another, affectionate to one another, building up one another in the faith without envying or causing offence. And he says to those, those with a true, genuine humility is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. After this, he goes to a series of blunt warnings to those who cause offence to these children, as we are all precious in his sight. Verse 6, if you want to have a look at verse 6. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a milestone were hanged about his neck and that he, he were drowned in the depths of the sea. <coughs> Causing children of the God to stumble is a serious issue in the eyes of God. He said, more or less saying here, to go and kill yourself. It's better you not to be here. But on a serious note, he talks about the physical offences also. He talks about the spiritual offences caused. He's saying that if there's anything to cause you to cause offence to your brothers and your sisters, get, it, get rid of it. Get it out of the road. If it's causing you grievances, get it out of the road. And then he goes on and talks about the hundred sheep, about the one that's been lost, and he leave the 99 to find that one sheep again. And then he goes into the discipline in the church and he goes into how she would be dealing with issues with brothers and sisters, showing how important we are to God. This just shows us how important we are to God as his children, that these are serious matters. And it also shows us how humble in our approach to each other to resolve things. And then it comes to the parable of the king who takes account of a servant that we just read. The king has taken note of all the money of a servant's owe. This is a chapter I can break it into five words. Pride, humility, warning, discipline, and forgiveness. So let's take a look at verse 21. It starts off again with Peter asking, How oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him seven times? And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but I say until seventy times seven. Peter, though he has been generous at his number of seven, which is God's number for completeness. Completeness, sorry. He is putting a limit on how many times we should forgive. Though Christ returns saying 70 times 7, giving us an impression that there is no limit on our forgiveness. Then he starts into telling this parable of a king which would take account of his servants. One was brought to him which was owed to 10,000 talents. A servant owed millions to this king and it's a debt that he couldn't have paid. In terms of years, this would have taken 160,000 years to pay off. Something that he couldn't have paid. And this is a picture of the sin debt that we owe to God. No matter how much we worked and laboured to pay this debt off, we would never have paid this debt off. You think of every sin that you have created physically, mentally and spiritually. From the time that we've been born to the time that we die, we can soon see the gross magnitude of our sin and the immediate need of God's grace found at the cross of Christ. We further see that this debt was going on to cost this man everything he loved. His wife, 
his children, and all that he had. Until now, the Lord shows compassion and forgives him, like we once were forgiven. The same servant goes after being pardoned, set free for a lesser debt against his brother, grabs him by the throat, threatening him, asking him to cough up what he owes. He shows no mercy, shows no compassion, and he shows no forgiveness. He quickly forgets the sin debt that has been removed from his account. And this is a picture of us, a picture of how we can become so unforgiven towards one another and what Christ has done for us in our salvation. Amen. The king goes into the servant reminding him about the compassion he was once showed and the pity that he was once shown when he couldn't pay back the debt. And verse 33 says, Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I have had pity on thee? And his lord was wroth and delivered him to the matters till he should have paid that due was, was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father also do unto you, if ye from your hearts forget not every one his brother their trespasses. In this last verse we see that this servant is given over to the tormentors. If we do not forgive those who trespass against us from our hearts, we will lose our peace, we will lose our joy, we will become resentful, angry, hard and bitter, unlike the world, just like everybody else in this world. When I wrote this message, I did fall in love with Christ all over again because I'd got a deeper understanding of what forgiveness was. I need forgiveness. I offend people every day. And I need that forgiveness fresh. I pour in cleansing forgiveness. Where am I? Yes. With the busyness of our lives and hustle bustle of the world, <clears throat> what it throws of us. It can tear us down from time to time. And sometimes we can find the joy of our salvation growing dim. We can find sometimes it hard to come to church. We can find it hard sometimes to pray. We can find it hard sometimes to get back into that place where you just feel the Lord's presence always with you. When sometimes that happens. It can pull us down. And we'll start to be angry with people. Start to lash out people. And the, heart, the, the thing that matters is it's so easy to fall back into our sin. So easy to become this guy in Matthew 19 where he goes back out and grabs his brother with the throat and the bonds, this small debt to be paid back to him whenever we have been forgiven so much more. So it's unforgiveness in our heart. And God has given us the answer to what the world has thrown at us. What needs applied in circumstances like this is love, grace, and forgiveness. We are overcomers in Christ as he has given us his word to overcome these situations. I say sometimes in our quiet times when we're just simply reading the word and praying to God, locking everything else out, you're starting to read this and you come across this again and I couldn't get away from this chapter and it was convicting me. And whenever we actually put these things right that's wrong in our lives, we ask for forgiveness from God. We do find that that joy and that peace and that love and that understanding comes back into our hearts, comes back into our lives. And we should really be just enjoying our salvation and communing back with the Lord and with our brothers and our sisters. The message of God through his word and by the sacrifice of his son is forgiveness. Romans 5 and 10 and 11 if you'd like to go to it. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, so much more 
being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Hallelujah. Our sin are covered. It's been covered. It's been cancelled. It's been cleansed. It's been reconciled. And we've been forgiven. We have something to shout about tonight in this church. We have something to shout about in this world. We have a light to shine. Christ's life, death and resurrection was the embodiment of his love, grace and his forgiveness. Why? Because we didn't deserve it. We deserved it, but punished. He gave us the grace. Christ took a full force of adjustment of God for us we could never have paid. We could never have paid it, but it took many years for us to pay it back. 160,000 years, it took me more. We can study and debate all we want, but when we're on a road reading the simple words of Christ, it pierces our hearts. It doesn't matter how many times you read the same scripture, it's the Lord that convicts us. It's the Lord that shows us unforgiveness in our hearts. And if we've been forgiven of all our sin, how now much more should we learn to forgive others if, to be more Christ-like? Yeah. If anyone in the world should know how to forgive, it's the children of the living God. Yes. Total forgiveness. Yeah. Total, as he totally forgive us. Yeah. No holding grudges. No running down. We should learn to bury the axe and keep it buried. Yeah. And, what need God, and, and the world needs godly people. Needs godly people on fire for God to forgive each other for that example and that virtue for the Christian faith. So, forgiveness, I'll just put down a few random thoughts here, but forgiveness is, forgiveness is the essential virtue of the Christian faith and a necessity for spiritual growth and maturity. Without that, we have religion. We have Christ. Forgiveness is the humbling to oneself when offended to die to your own feelings, your own emotions, and allow God's grace to make wrongs right. Yes. It's keeping no records of wrong and trying to see what the issue in the situation is rather than being caught up and acting foolishly towards one another. Can we see the situation? Can we see what the problem is with people? Johnny comes here and he told me a story one time of his granda. And his granda was a real Christian man. His testimony still lives on to this day. And his next door neighbour had a lot of cattle and calves. And this one day, there was an attack on the cows or something happened. And this man come running through the door, giving off to Johnny or giving off to Johnny's granda. And his granda granda just stopped, let him have his way and closed the door and he went back home again. But that night he went down, when everything settled down, he went down with his checkbook, knocked the door and he said, look, that wasn't my dog that done that, but... You just write down anything you need in that checkbook. And the guy just burst into tears. And he opened up and he was able to talk to him now. That man was able to see through that situation what the problem was. That's Christ-like. That's Christ in a man. Um, So forgiveness is not looking for revenge for for offence, but rather giving humility and love to gain people for Christ. And we must show a world that is even further growing in hate and anger, a way to resolve our differences with forgiveness. I remember a preacher saying in one sermon I heard before that Satan comes with fullness of pride, self-exaltation and rebellion, but Jesus comes in the fullness of humility, self-abasement and love. And he's right. These are the qualities that Jesus Christ wants in his church. Humility, self-abasement and love for one another. These are the greatest in his kingdom. 
to forgive us God-like and Christ-like, and not only that, but it's commanded of the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive those who trespass us. There's a few other Bible verses I just want to mention here. Ephesians 4 and 32. And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. 1 John 1 and 9. I love this verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Everything. A fresh cleansing afresh for the Christian people. See, we have been forgiven, but we will be judged on the things that we do and we don't do for Christ. For us to be cleansed afresh, we must evaluate our lives in line with the word and be honest with him and be honest with ourselves for us to receive this forgiveness. How amazing as it is that all we need to do is confess and we can have that fresh forgiveness. In the eyes of God, say there's no one perfect. He doesn't seek the proud or self-seeking heart. He doesn't move through unforgiveness, but he rather he moves through repentant people who know who they are, know what they've been forgiven of. And forgiveness is essential for our spiritual growth, essential for our communion with God and to heal broken friendships and relationships and to keep unity in the church and God's blessing upon us. We should be an example to others in the world, but we also should be an example to our brothers and sisters in Christ. You hear tonight, and this is about forgiveness though, have we forgiven others in our heart? Maybe the Lord's showing you someone right now that you have to put something right with. And now's the time to put it right. Maybe you have forgive yourself for something. And now's the time to forgive yourself. Stop carrying around what the Lord doesn't want you to carry around. Maybe it's old burdens from an old life. Sins from an old life. Maybe Satan's on at you every day that you can't be forgiven. Reminding you of your past. You've been set free, friend. So how do we get forgiveness? Admit that we failed. And we need Christ. We no longer hold these grievances in our heart. If we've been offended, then we let the old person know. And perhaps you'll make a friend rather than an enemy. In the Bible, we're continually told to walk in the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 and 25, if you'd like to turn to that. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that have, our Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We need to be crucifying the old sinful flesh every day. Every morning we get up. Put that old man out of the road. I said, the first book I bought when I was a Christian was The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. And I read this book. It was about her hiding Jewish children and people underneath the house. And she went to a concentration camp. She lost her family. She had seen her sister dying in the concentration camp. And in 1947, she was given a talk in Germany. And after that talk, one of the guards stood up at the back after the war. I came up there and said, like, I've become a Christian. Do you forgive me? And I'll just read out what Corey Ten Boom said there. Said to him, It could have not been many seconds that he stood there and held out his hand out. But to me it seemed like ours as I wrestled with most difficult thing. 
I'd ever have to do. For I had to do it. I knew that the message that God forgives as a prior condition that we forgive those who who have injured us. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, Jesus says, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. And still I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart, but forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed saintly. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands, and then his healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, being brought to tears in my eyes. This is a supernatural occurrence that came through forgiveness, one of the virtues of the Christian faith, the most important of the Christian faith. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. This is the power of the Holy Spirit, what he can do in a person through forgiveness. He can take off the darkness of the world, put it all behind you, the murdering, the, 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 what these people went through in the concentration camps. And this was the extreme examples of repentance and forgiveness I've ever heard of. Watching others die through persecution, starvations, beatings and murders all around. But this woman could still reflect Christ and carry the command of God to forgive one another. Through, can we forgive those in lesser circumstances when we compare this to our story and our lives? Our pride and our issues are really trivial when compared to the depths of despair these people have faced in war times, but still could forgive. Forgiveness is available for the sinner. How much more forgiveness is available for those who are in Christ Jesus? How much more should we be able to forgive those who offend us in Christ? If we cannot control our circumstances, we cannot control people, but we can react different way. We shouldn't have a carnal mind anymore. We should be have the mind of Christ. I just want to finish in Philippians. Verses 2, 1 and 5. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any balls and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife for vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem each other better than themselves. Let's lift up each other in this place. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Yes. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Let that mind be in us. Is this mind in us? If not, it should be, should be striving for this mind to be in us. We all want more of God in our lives. Who wants all more of God in our lives? We all want more of God in this nation, don't we? Amen. Pray about that time. Yes. We want to see him move. Yes. We want to see him save people. Amen. I want to see a revival. I believe he's going to bring it. You know? So, I just want to finish on that. That is our recipe for revival. Let's, let's forgive one another and move on to things. Do you want to hand back? Do you want me to pray? Or, no? <laughs> Lord, I just give you thanks for, Lord, that fresh cleansing power of your precious shed blood that's applied to every situation that can follow that can cleanse the leper that can give us back our sight Lord 
that can bring in unity, that can bring in forgiveness, Lord, that can bring in, Lord, forgiveness into our own hearts. And Father, I just pray tonight, Lord, as we pray now after and sing your praises, may you glorify your name, your son, and Lord, multiply to your church, Lord. And I pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. Giving you thanks. Amen.